0: You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. I'm Matt, and this is Jessica. We're back. We're back. We've been gone for about a month.
1: Oh my gosh, it's been so long. You know, I realized how much I look forward to this because sometimes it's like the most concentrated amount of time that we actually spend sitting next to one another oh, <laughs> in a conversation. No, sometimes like life is so busy and full. And uh, yeah, so it's fun. I, I'm just saying I like this with you. And you know what, who's going to be really glad we're back? Our biggest fan, my mom. We're back, mom. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> we're back. Yeah, so She's we're like one
0: of our biggest fans out of the three fans of, that are out there. Out of
1: three. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's always great to have mom in your corner.
1: That's right. So Morning Breath, for those who are joining us for the first time, is a time where we take one chapter of the Bible and we read it together. And then we uh, just kind of ask God what he's breathing on it individually for us. We share that with one another. We share it with you. And we hope that you get a lot out of it. It's a way that you can read your Bible to do a daily devotion. We have a a schedule you can follow, even when we're not on the air. And you can get all of that information at eccc.us or our app. It's called the East Coast app.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Um, What's new? Well, I will say why we were gone um, so long. Well, first of all, we went on, went on vacation. And that was like, yeah, we're going on vacation. Yeah, so we took some time off, as everyone should. And then on vacation, we also decided to get COVID. Ugh. So that was really exciting. And uh, okay. right literally at the end of vacation, and we don't like go anywhere. We went an hour Orlando. away. Orlando.
1: <laughs> Golly. Ridiculous.
0: Um. And
1: <laughs> Better. I'm very better about it. <laughs>
0: and then right at the end, so then it kind of just put us out for ten days plus extra time. So, yeah, yeah, and we were recovered. I'll, it wasn't any fun. It was tough. I mean, for me, it was ten days of just nonstop. And you, it was like it was probably five days of headaches. And
1: I had, I had a solid headache for about twenty two days. And then uh, then as you were getting better, I you didn't went downhill. No, days. I didn't. But I had a headache for twenty two days. And I'm like, what is happening? And then. You got better, and then one of our sons tested positive, and he had minimal symptoms. And it was just a really long journey. I still, you can still hear that I am, I have like sinus stuff going on from it. But we, uh, God is faithful, and we're on the other side, and we're glad to be done with it. Yes, we are. Yes. So glad to be back. We have a question. You know, we started this um, a few shows ago. And the question is from Ashley Thompson. Thank you, Ashley. And this is her question. She said, Have you ever set anything on fire, blown anything up, or burned anything down? A. What a provocative question, Ashley.
0: (laughs) My whole (laughs) life. Like literally. Like, you know, one of the ways I used to tell that someone was too young to be in the mezzanine.
1: Which is our young adult church, which is our young adult church and up
0: if they were a, a, a you know a boy not a man yet because you had to be 18 to attend um you would play with the candles okay like literally you would light your straw on fire like that was one of the easiest ways to spot somebody who was 16 yeah. or 17 who showed up in the mezzanine. now that doesn't mean you stop when you're 18 19 say, 20 yeah, definitely but not. you just you're just like not as interested in burning the candles as you are probably attracting the attention of that girl over there. Right. So you stop burning your straw. So that's how that works. <laughs> but absolutely, many things. One of the funnest that you've seen was a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Did you want to tell that or did you want me?
1: Oh, please do.
0: I just thought it would be a great idea to burn a Christmas tree when it was like dried out. So we, I saved a tree for about a month and a half, maybe two months in the backyard. Uh, maybe even three months it in the backyard. Wild. It was a long time. It was completely it was dead. Brown. It was brown. And then we had this um, big old fire pit we used to use at the Young Adult Church. It was like a six feet base. So, I mean, the fire could be six feet in diameter, a big fire pit, way bigger than your average home one. They're usually more like, they could be 18 inches, two feet. Wow, three feet, huge. This was like six feet. Like I could lay inside the fire pit straight across I put it down, didn't realize how hot it would burn, and it was so close to the house that the wind blew the fire. I lit it. my My son was like two. Reagan, he's in the uh, porch, porch watching, only like four feet away yep. from the house. It gets so hot that it's like could burn Reagan's eyebrows. You know, like I mean, it
1: was instant. Like it was almost like it spontaneously combusted. It was so quick and the flames were so hot, so fast and so high. Reagan burst into tears. He's screaming.
0: And I'm panicking because I'm watching it go up the side of our house, around the the fascia, into the soffit. Yes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're about to burn our house down of that we've lived here for like one year. Yeah. And uh, you ran.
1: Well, thankfully we have a friend John Walling who used to be worship leader at our Vieira campus and he used to work for a um, fire extinguisher fire, yep. company yep. Fire and when safety. we moved into this house he installed a fire extinguisher in our garage and i'm like we have one of those things so i ran and got it and oh yeah our house would
0: have been burnt down if it wasn't for you like you literally <laughs> were the hero
1: john john walling too was the hero
0: yeah but you thought of it and ran um, and grabbed it and put the fire out and those forever. things work okay that fire went out yeah instant thank i mean God it was a commercial one thank you john walling yes but we have fire extinguishers in our house
1: so I've never, thankfully, set anything on fire, but I did leave my hair straightener on one time for like 12 hours. But those things are created now these days to have like fail-safes, I think. So yes, the counter was hot, but nothing was burned. It was still on and hot and ready to go, but it didn't burn anything down, thank yeah. the Lord. That, yeah. Interesting question, Ashley. Thank I mean, you. I
0: don't want to keep going because... I could tell
1: a hundred burn stuff down stories. <laughs> so. story. Okay, we'll save those Maybe for this. Maybe if there's one that
0: relates to the chapter, yeah. I'll bring it up because I got good. another great one.
1: Okay, good. So I'm gonna start reading in verse one, and you're gonna start in twenty three. Perfect. So I'm go to twenty two. Okay. Let's read Hebrews chapter ten. For since the law has only a shadow, just a pale representation of the good things to come, not the very image of those things, it can never, by offering the same sacrifices continually, year after year, make perfect those who approach its altars. For if it were otherwise, would not these sacrifices have stopped being offered? For the worshippers, having once for all time been cleansed, would no longer have a conscien- consciousness of sin." But as it is, these continual sacrifices bring a fresh reminder of sins to be atoned for year after year. For it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ enters into the world, he says, sacrifice and offering you have not desired, but instead you have prepared a body for me to offer. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you have taken no delight. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, to fulfill what is written of me in the scroll of the book. After saying in the citation above, You have neither desired nor have you taken delight in sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will. And so, he does away with the first covenant as a means of atoning for sin based on animal sacrifices, so that he may inaugurate and establish the second covenant by means of obedience. And in accordance with this will of God, we who believe in the message of salvation have been sanctified, that is, set apart as holy for God and his purposes, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, once for all. Every priest stands at his altar of service, ministering daily, offering the same sacrifices over and over, which are never able to strip away sins that envelop and cover us. Whereas Christ, having offered the one sacrifice, the all-sufficient sacrifice of himself for sins for all time, sat down, signifying the completion of atonement for sin at the right hand of God, the position of honor, waiting from that time onward until his enemies are made a footstool for his feet for by the one offering he has perfected forever and completely cleansed those who are being sanctified, bringing each believer to spiritual completion and maturity. And the Holy Spirit also adds his testimony to us in confirmation of this, for after having said, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will imprint my laws upon their heart, and on their mind I will inscribe them, producing an inward change." He then says, And their sins and their lawless acts I will remember no more, no longer holding their sins against them. Now, where there is absolute forgiveness and complete cancellation of the penalty of these things, there is no longer any offering to be made to atone for sin. Therefore, believers, since we have confidence and full freedom to enter the holy place, the place where God dwells, by means of the blood of Jesus, by this new and living way which he initiated and opened for us through the veil, as in the Holy of Holies, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great and wonderful priest who rules over the house of God, let us approach God with a true and sincere heart in unqualified assurance of faith, having had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water.
0: Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will be, um, will he be thought worthy of who has trampled the son of God on her foot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sacri- sanctified a common thing, and insulted the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord, and again the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, but recall the former days of which after you were illuminated, you Endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but those who believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. Amen.
1: Wow. That whole chapter is like a month's worth of study. I think it's so rich. And for sure, verse 10 of Hebrews, chapter 10, stuck out to me. And in accordance with this will of God, we who believe in the message of salvation have been sanctified. That is set apart as holy for God and his purposes through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, once for all. So we who believe in the message of salvation, we are set apart or chosen for God's purposes, once and for all. And I just wrote in my notes, there's no take backs. Like, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you will do. If you believe in the message of salvation, it's so simple. Like, there's so many words in this that it almost feels complicated. But when you really think about what this is saying, it's so simple. You believe in the message of salvation, you are set apart for God's purposes. Like if you've ever felt like you don't have a purpose in life, and I think that's such a buzzword thing to say these days is like, I'm just trying to find my purpose and discover my purpose. Like you have a purpose. You have been set apart and chosen for God's purposes. Like he, the the creator of the universe, of you, of me, of all of us, of everything, he wants to set you apart. He has chosen you to accomplish his will, like to be a part of his plan. And it says once and for all. I just think it's like, he could just be done right there.
0: No, it's really good. I love it. Um, one of the things that is a little bit kind of puts you in your place with that thinking uh, is in verse 26, it says, if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there yeah. are no longer made a sacrifice for sins. You know, that's a very tough verse. If you, if you take that and you don't compare it to the rest of this chapter or even the next chapter, yeah. what he's doing here is he's setting up faith as faith in Jesus, as the only way of salvation. Mm -hmm. And I got news for you. 95% of my sinning has been done willfully since I've been saved. And, you know, that. let's say it's even 50% or even 20%. Um, Am I doomed? Like, am I doomed? No, I'm (laughs) not. Because it's not about... Our failures, as much as it is about our faith mm-hmm. in a faithful God, the very next chapter lays it out that the faith, faith, Abraham's faith, Sarah's faith, Moses's faith, Jacob's faith, Isaac's faith, um, all imperfect Jacob's people, faith.
1: all very imperfect people. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. just Abraham and Sarah. Abraham tried to give his wife to two different um, kings and pharaohs, uh, and lie and say was that was his sister. He, you know, Sarah gave over uh, her handmaiden for Abraham to sleep with, which created created Ishmael, who is uh, where we have the entire Islamic nation coming from, and then cast her, she cast her and her son out to die in the desert, you know, you name it. Jacob had some big issues. Isaac had some big issues. You know, there's so many, Moses had issues. He murdered somebody. He lied. Like, it was all by faith. Yeah. And here's the thing. It even says here, for yet a little while, and he was coming. This is verse 37. Well, come and not Terry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. When you, if you remove faith out of your life, that's where your problems going to be. Mm-hmm. So when you make a mistake, willfully or unwillfully, we all, we all make mistakes we, we couldn't see coming. Even if we could look back and see how that happened, we all make those mistakes that we couldn't see coming. Mm-hmm. We all make mistakes that we could see coming. Your faith in Christ allows you to get back up. I preached about this a couple weeks ago on Easter Sunday, and I mentioned, um, I think it's 2 uh, Corinthians I believe one thirteen, where the Bible says, if we are faithless, he is faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Mm-hmm. And then I also mentioned uh, in Luke 22, I believe, um, and if I'm right, it's 30, verse 31 and 32, where Jesus says he's praying for Peter that Satan's going to come, sit, try to sift him like wheat, and he would pray that his faith would not fail. And when he has returned, he will strengthen the brethren. So Peter then goes and betrays Jesus willfully. But then the grace of the Lord comes to him, the mercy of God. And in this chapter, it even mentions, if, if you don't have mercy under the law of Moses, you're toast. Mm-hmm. Okay, And if you don't have mercy under God's law through Jesus, you're toast. So then Peter is drawn back by Jesus. He says, do you love me? Um, um, by, while they were on the side where he was fishing and he met him. And do you love me? Yes. Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes. Feed my sheep. But Peter, do you love me unconditionally? Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Like head drops. Like, oh, I can't. We can't love Jesus unconditionally. It's impossible. We we have issues. And he loves us unconditionally because mm-hmm. he can't make a mistake. But we make mistakes. And we sin. And we, we rebel. And we have evil thoughts and all sorts of things and evil behavior that we, we willfully and unwillfully do. Jesus drew him back. And then... Peter went and strengthened the brethren. He, he was the one leading the charge um, through the, the prayer from the upper room where the Holy Spirit fell and he went out and he preached and saw thousands come to Christ. He was leading the early church before Paul ended up leading the early church. Peter was the leader of the early church. Peter was the one training Paul. Paul most likely wrote Hebrews, if not Paul, Apollos, or maybe somebody else. No one actually knows, but um, Paul probably wrote this book that Peter trained Paul. Like, Peter's faithless act, Peter's mistake, Peter's failure, Peter's rebellion. He was told, you're going to go do this. And he's like, no, I won't. And he went and did it. <laughs> that was willfully sinning. Yeah. Like there's, no, there's nothing more willful than being told by the Lord, yeah, you're going to betray me three times. And then you actually going and doing it after you say, no, I won't. It's like, hey, if you cross that road right there, you're going to get run over by a car. No, I won't. And then you literally run out into the road and get hit by a car. That's what he did. Yeah. He's, we could have said, well, I'm not crossing that
1: road. Like, you know. that, was, that was something I remember from your Easter message was that Peter was, Jesus didn't say, I, I don't want you to fail because he knew he was gonna fail and he knows we are gonna fail. He prayed that his faith would not fail and that he would come back. And after having gone through that, oh my gosh, what compassion that brought into Peter's life. Like what understanding and and empathy for other people's sin did that uh, cultivate in him, that he got to come back and he, out of that failure, he was able to encourage the brethren. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Yeah, God God works all things together. Verses 24 and 25 are right prior to that verse you mentioned. And it says, and let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and do good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. And just the contrast of being in a building this Easter Sunday versus us not being able to gather in Easter 2020, it was like you said, you said it was the first time in 40 years of your life that you weren't in a building last year, Easter 2020. And although it was awesome and the things that our team put together and your message and all the things, it was really powerful to be able to still have church and gather together in our homes. It's nothing like gathering together as believers, as being in a room together with people and singing together and encouraging one another and hugging one another. And you can't do that. I had someone come up to me and they said, I stopped drinking six days ago on Monday. They told me this on a Sunday. And they said, they came to me and they told me that because A, they needed encouragement. B, they wanted someone to celebrate with them. They knew I wouldn't judge them. I would only celebrate with them and rejoice with them. And I was able to then connect her to someone else who I know who was further along in that same journey who just shared with me her sobriety calculator and it was like seven months three days five seconds that she's been sober and i said listen this friend who i had permission to share with this other friend she's this far along on the journey. You're six days in. You need support. And I was able to connect them that day because we had gathered together, wow. because we were in the same room, because she walked up to me. She never would have called me. She didn't call me to tell me. She could have called me on that Monday and said, hey, I stopped drinking today. No, it was when we were face yeah. to face. Proximity
0: creates relationship. Oh my
1: gosh. Like it was just so impactful to me to know that that moment wouldn't have happened without the gathering together. And I know people say like they can they can experience everything that they need in the confines of their own home. And I know that the season is different right now and people have to do that to some extent, but I want to challenge those of you who don't have to do that anymore. You're like, that season is done for you. Like that was a season for a season and now it's done and you need to get back into, do not forsake the fellowship and the gathering of the believers because you don't, you don't even realize what you're missing. Like I've shared this before on Morning Breath. I, because of what church is to us, as far as like, it's so much more than just coming to church and, and experiencing it. It's it's our work, it's our life, it's our family, it's everything. Like, I didn't mind being home a little bit when COVID hit and we had to not come to church for a few weeks. It was actually refreshing. It was, we had family time, it was wonderful. But when I got back into church, I didn't r- even understand what I was missing until I was back in it, Yeah, you know? So I, I just, I could go on and on about that.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe you need a little break every once in a while when church becomes you're doing it because it's work, because it's your ministry, because it's this or that. But when you come back and you're like, wow, this is actually what I need in my life to keep going, it's that revelation of sometimes we all get a little off track. Yeah. Especially in ministry, you can get a little off track what church is because, um, you know, I work 40 to upteen hours, you know, every week on it. Like, I could lose track of the value. And so could anyone else for other reasons. Um, did you want to say anything about that? Because I, I wanted to share something, actually. Actually, I don't have time to share this.
1: <laughs> go for it. Talk fast.
0: I don't know if I can do it. Um, yeah, I really can't. I okay. really can't. Because I was going to talk about animal sacrifice. I was going to talk oh. about King Hezekiah. Wow. And I was going to talk about Samaritans and just go on and basically. That'll like
1: make a, it into a message one a day that you'll have to come you to church know, to a, hear. <laughs>
0: a Jesus rant.
1: Do you want me to do something else?
0: I I love this idea of verse 39, but we... That's what I was going to do. What? The last verse? Yeah. We're not of those who draw back. You know, that's really what Satan wants you to do at all times. Mm -hmm. He wants you to draw back. Like when you make a mistake, draw back. When you're doing good and everything's going well, draw back from God. Lean into your success. Lean into your wealth. Lean into your you know, whatever your your life, this or that. He wants you to draw back. And at all times, the Lord wants you to draw in. He mm-hmm. wants you to draw t- to him. Yep. When you're making mistakes, draw yourself to him. When you draw near to him, the Bible says he draws near to you. Uh, he wants you to draw near. He wants you to lean in. He wants you at all times, good, bad, indifferent, draw closer to him. If you find yourself drawing away from the Lord, you are not operating under what God's will is. You're not operating in what his desires are. You're not operating in how he thinks. You're being led astray by the enemy, by the one who wants to condemn you, by the one who wants to destroy you, by the one who wants to isolate you. God wants to heal you. He wants to correct you. He wants to restore you. He wants, to, he wants discipline for you. Mm-hmm. He wants mercy for you. He, he's he got it all. He's got the good. He's got the difficult, which is also good. But at the end of the day, he wants you to draw in because he wants his life flowing through you. And he doesn't want you to be destroyed by sin, isolation, whatever, yep. depression, the list goes on.
1: Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say this verse can be your anthem because it says, but our way, our, our, yours, our way is not of those who shrink back to destruction, but we are of those who believe relying on God through faith in Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And by this confident faith, preserve our soul. That, I mean, that's the bottom line is we are, our way is not to shrink back. I think that was really good that even in success, we couldn't find ourselves shrinking back because we depend. We're like, oh, we're good. We're good. We're good. We don't need God, but we need God in every moment, in every, every second of every day. And so thanks for joining us. We love you, and we will see you next week.
0: You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors.
1: You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us.
0: Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321 454 4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family.
1: Mark your calendars for Overlook Ministries' first concert fundraiser on April 30th. The event starts at 6 p.m. with food trucks, tours of their residential treatment house, and a concert that starts at 7 led by East Coast Christian Center's worship pastor Chris Johnson. Come be a part of saving men's lives and restoring families. Mothers want their sons back, wives are missing their husbands, and children want their daddies home. Find more information and location of the event through Facebook by searching Overlook Ministries or you can go to www.overlookministries.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Download the Mezzanine Church app or visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in.
0: Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com.